As we continue worshiping together, receive these words from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 12th chapter, beginning in the first verse. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. I'm told by the senior pastor that I get the opportunity of taking off my mask for a few minutes. And so let me um, first um, say on behalf of my wife, Barbara, um, her apologies for not being with you today. Um, we have been dealing with some personal um, illness in the family, and unfortunately she spent most of last night on the phone trying to um, help out. Um, secondly, let me just say, um, I could think of no better place for me to be today than here with your senior pastor. There is so much I would like to say about her, um, but I know that um, you're not here to hear me talk about your pastor. You know her. Um, but from the day that I met her, she has always been consistent, consistent in her love for God, for her love for people, and for her commitment for justice for all. And so I just thank God that um, I was able to be a part of the cabinet when she was appointed to her first church. And I can say, if the history books are recording what took place during those years, your pastor made a significant difference, not only in the life of that congregation, but in the life of a congregation that she also birthed during that first appointment. And so when it came to the moment of, um, looking for a senior pastor here for Foundry. God spoke to me again and again the name of Ginger. And so there was no other consideration but to have her appointed as your senior pastor. And I have not been visiting often, but I have been reading and keeping up with 
what has been going on here at Foundry. And I know that you have been blessed. You have been blessed by her leadership and also the leadership of all of the other clergy who are a part of this congregation. And I can name something also good about each of them, but I won't. But I would say that I am thankful also to look upon the face of Stanley, who during those years in which I was the um, active bishop of this conference, he gave leadership to the music at our annual conferences along with Ginger. They were the ones who helped to plan the worship experiences. And so I just had to say a word of thanks to both of them as I continue to remember those good years in which they blessed me with their leadership beyond this congregation. Won't you pray with me? Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You are the potter and we are the clay. Mold us and make us after your will. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. When he was 88 years old, the story is told that then Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes found himself on a train. The conductor called for the tickets, but Justice Holmes couldn't find his ticket. He looked in his pockets and he began to fumble in his wallet without success. The conductor was very sympathetic. Don't worry, Mr. Holmes, he said. The Pennsylvania Railroad will be happy to trust you. When you reach your destination, you'll probably find the ticket and you can mail it to us. The conductor's kindness did not put Mr. Holmes at ease. Mr. Holmes said, my dear man, my problem is not where is my ticket, but rather, where am I going? Unfortunately, we are too often just like that. We move forward through life unsure of how to respond to the changing situation in the world around us. It was General Conference of 1988. I was a delegate for the first time. I remembered when Bishop Leontine Kelly, sitting in the presiding seat, introduced the Africa University Initiative. That initiative was received by the General Conference with the largest percentage of voters ever for any of our mission efforts. I was so excited, so happy 
If you were to look at the videotaping from that general conference, as they flashed the camera across the delegates, I was one of the first to stand. When she announced the vote call, I just jumped up with joy. My children today and my grandchildren laugh at that video because um, they laugh at my suit, Pastor. I had on a beige suit, and I had a whole lot more hair than you see this morning. But that evening, as several of us gathered to talk about that significant action of General Conference, I remembered hearing Jim Sally, Dr. Sally, who is the leader of this um, enterprise, say with some sadness that all of the delegates were not necessarily that happy. But one of the prominent delegates said that putting money into Africa University would be simply like putting money down a rat hole. But today, today I'm thankful to God to stand here and say to you that God had bigger plans for all of us. And today, that university has over 2,000 students with over coming from 36 countries on the continent of Africa. That university has over 36 buildings all paid for. And that university continues to be a beacon, not only on the continent of Africa, but throughout God's world. I give thanks to God that upon my retirement, the Episcopacy Committee came to me and they said, Bishop, what can we do to honor your time with us? What would you like to see happen that can make a difference either to somebody or some group in this conference or somewhere in the world? It didn't take long for me to say, if there would be a love offering, and if those funds could be used to help make a difference at African University, I would want them to do that. Now, let me just say, uh, Pastor, I did not check with my wife before saying that to the committee, but Barbara did agree with me as well. And so thankful to people like you and many in this Episcopal area. Over $350,000 was collected, and those funds were given to that university to help make a difference. Today, inquiring minds want to know what the church is doing to make a difference in the world. This is a question which has always been present and rolling around in the back of the minds of those who are believers. What is the influence, the difference that is made in the lives of persons because they have said that they are followers of Jesus Christ? People want to see some results from the church. People want to know what the church is doing on behalf of those who are marginalized and is the church still being a voice? Paul reminds us that we don't choose the spiritual gift of our preference, 
The Spirit gives as it sees fit. And so we are to trust that God will supply us with the spiritual ability with which we can best serve God and bless others. This is what Human Relations Day is all about, my friends. It's about making a difference. It's about helping someone else who needs some help from us. The committee in coming up with this theme and also their rationale, let me share it with you. They say that we are all family. When we walk past our neighbor who is hiding in the plain sight, we limit the gifts and graces that our sisters and brothers in Christ brings to the table. We limit the experiences, the voices, and the beloved community that take place through mutual sharing of gifts when we just simply pass them by. And so we are given an opportunity this morning to give to Human Relations Day. It is because of Human Relations Sunday, my friends, that I was able to go to seminary and to be able to pay those bills. It is because of Human Relations Sunday, my friends, that many folk throughout the world lives will be much better because the funds that you and others across our connection contribute will help to make a difference. This weekend, we continue to celebrate Martin Luther King's Day, and we celebrate this great Sunday of human relations. All of this helps to bring us closer to the dream of Martin Luther King about America. We remember Martin, but we also remember many others who have contributed to making a difference in this world. The recent death of Bishop Desmond Tutu, persons like Mary McLeod Bethune, George Floyd, Sidney Portier, and the list goes on and on. I am so thankful to God this morning that my grandchildren are often looking at the TVs and are now able, especially during these moments of celebration, see people who look like them. Oh, my friends, we have come a long ways in America, and we have come a long ways in our church. We have come a long ways because we have been constantly making a difference, but we still have a lot of work to do. We, the people of faith, must believe that however hard the road, However difficult today, tomorrow things will be better. The day after today may not be better, but we must believe that it will be. Wars, my friends, will never cease, but we must strive to eliminate them. We might not live to see poverty abolished, 
but we must believe that we can provide food enough so that no child will ever go to bed hungry at night. We may not eradicate racism, sexism, or homophobia, and heterosexism, but we must believe that the diversity of all of God's people is a blessing. Our text, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them, reminds us that even here at Foundry, a church that continues to be on the cutting edge, a church that continues to do so much to help. You too, though, have people with different gifts, but thank God you are all working for the same common cause, to make a difference in our world. We must not only recognize those differences but also realize that differences in opinion and ability are crucial for a church community to function. Bishop Desmond Tutu reminds us in the book of forgiving, and this was a book I believe that many of the churches in this area studied a year ago. He reminds us that faith without good works is dead. It is said that the most important thing about an individual is not the date of our birth or death, but rather what we do with the time in between. And this, my friends, is what each of us, by the grace of God, has been given. We each have been given by our Creator an allotment of time. It is now up to us to choose what to do with it. Sidney Portier once said, if I'm remembered for having done a few good things, and if my presence here has sparked some good energies, that's plenty. You and I need to decide today how we will make a difference in this world. The choice is ours. We can sit on the sideline of history doing nothing and simply let the world pass us by. We can say that we are too old, that we are too young. We can say that we don't have enough financial resources. Or we can roll up our sleeves and make a difference in this world. The hymnist is correct. If I can help, somebody, then my living will not be in vain. No doubt, no doubt progress has been made in this country, and we are further along in our march toward full freedom and equality for all of God's people. But the fact the fact that we are witnessing right during this week, again, a disturbing pattern of retrenchment 
in this nation, such as the efforts to change voting laws in areas of high racial and ethnic concentration all across the country, is evidence alone that racial and social progress is not accomplished without sacrifice and struggle. I am where I am today because of movements that started in the streets and moved to the boardroom. Friends, it is so hard to build up, but so easy to simply tear down, to kill people's dreams, to shatter one's hopes. Dr. Martin Luther King, in his book, Where Do We Go From Here?, illustrated a plot of a widely separated, diverse family that inherits a house in which they have to live together. The question, the question for us today is, are we living as Christ would have us live? Are we really striving to honor the different gifts we each bring to the table? Our God has, throughout history, constantly challenged us as the people of faith to see things from the perspective of a Savior who makes all things possible. He is the one who is there to help guide us in all of this. And because of this, we all now enjoy the blessings of standing on the shoulders of those whose tireless efforts helped us along our way. And so today, we once again seek to make a difference. We seek to make a difference with God and with each other because only by the living God can we carry out our covenant, can we find an answer to our common human predicament. It is only staying within our covenant with God can we find a way out of our sin, brokenness, despair, and even church conversations of splitting. Foundry, we need to prepare ourselves to deal with the challenges of our human condition. The organized collective church, I say to you, is our final hope. There is an African proverb. It goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So many of us want to just take off and do our own thing and then expect others to simply follow. But if we want to make a difference in this world, if we want to help make a difference with all of what is going on on Capitol Hill and throughout this nation, I say, my friends, we must go together. Hi, I wish that time
time would permit me to call the role of people who have made a difference in my life. And because of them, they were the ones who encouraged me to not simply stretch out and seek to do things by myself, but to go with others. My Uncle Bubba, he will never, you, you do not know him. His name is not in any history book. But for me, my Uncle Bubba was my hero growing up. He was the one who told me what was right and what was wrong. And he was the one who told me those things that I needed to know in order to become the person who I am today. Oh, there are other persons like Claudette Colvin, a young person who nine months before Rosa Parks, history-making protests on a city bus, Claudette, at the age of 15, a 15-year-old Montgomery, Alabama high school student, was arrested and jailed for sitting on a bus and refusing to give up her seat. And as I remember, especially leading up to February, between Martin Luther King's activities and what will be happening during the month of Black History Month, I'm often reminded of the Orangeburg Massacre. It was something that I witnessed. I was a student at South Carolina State College in 1968 when three of my friends were killed by state police. It was during that particular period, my friends, that I made a commitment to God that as long as I had life and breath, that I would do something and dedicate my life to helping someone else. The shooting of those three young men, well, we had been demonstrating, trying to integrate a bowling alley. And my friends, I didn't even know how to bowl. But it was bigger than that. It was because we were trying to make a difference and to make a statement. Bishop Tutu's book, I have to keep reading over and over again, where he says that we cannot move forward without forgiveness. And so it's because of people like that, people who speak to me daily, people whose readings I keep going over and over again, that I'm able to let go of what took place in the Orangeburg Massacre and to move forward. Let me just also say for those of you who are historians, we remember that that was the city in America where any students were shot. If I were to give a quiz in many settings that I find myself, when I say that, people say back to me, aren't you talking about Kent State? But the first university where any college students were shot was at South Carolina State University in Orangeburg. 
If we, my friends, if we are to build on the legacy of those who paid a dear price, a dear price for us to be where we are today, I say to you, we need to welcome everyone to the table. We need to welcome them because God welcomes us. Stay at the table. Stay with your covenant. Stay and believe in God delivering you to a better place. Because only by working together in our covenant through Jesus Christ can our hearts, souls, and minds be transformed. Only by staying in our covenant with God through Jesus Christ can we, as the writer John suggests in the 21st chapter of Revelation, prepare ourselves for a new heaven and a new earth, for the former things have all passed away. My friends, when we work together in our covenant with God, by making ourselves fully available to God, then God can do something special with each of us. And so I invite you today and every day of your life to join me in resetting your covenant with God and with each other, to be the people of God wherever you find yourselves strategically planted, in our nation's capital, in our Washington suburbs, and indeed throughout the world. When we have done so, when we have done so, we will have fulfilled our own unique role in this generation, which is to continue to strive for a higher level of maturity in Jesus Christ, and to be fully mature in Christ is also to be fully mature in love. I close with the words of an old African-American spiritual. It is one that you have probably sung many times here at Foundry and heard in other venues. The words go like this. I'm going to live so God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to work so God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to pray so God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. Time. I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing, so God can use me anywhere, Lord, any time. Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God, who gives us an opportunity to make a difference 
to be a blessing to others. Thanks be to God, so be it. Amen.